welcome to the Round 6 Podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion featuring a variety of automotive subjects, interviews, special guests, and stories, hosted by the Round 6 Gearheads, Brian Stupski, Alex Welsh, and Brad King. On episode 47, famed automotive designer Larry Erickson joins the gearheads in the Round 6 experience at the 70th Grand National Roadster Show. When you think, uh, you know, uh, Hot Rod went from what it was in, what, 1961 or two? to almost every single issue going through the late 60s and 70s had a new car, you know, because it was right. advertisers, you got to pay the bills, right? You know, so everything turned to muscle cars and then muscle cars turned to the fuel crunch and, you know, so all that stuff was going down. And uh, so, yeah, you, it's, it's a, you know, cause you know, you know, Tony Thacker? Oh yeah. I know. Tony's yeah. awesome, by the way. Oh, uh, what Tony's a crack up. Tony's a, uh, acquired, uh, Acquired um, <laughs> taste. But one of the things I like about Tony, and there are other guys. There are other guys like that. They they, uh, they they see the industry from inside and outside, right? You know, and and uh, you know, you kind of look down the road and you think, you think, okay, where's all this gonna go? You know, and uh, especially when you see a lot of guys with profiles like that. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it might turn into something nobody ever thought of. You know, so. Um, like we're we're putting a Bonneville car together. Oh, right on. And uh, I actually think the numbers at Bonneville go up. If you imagine a time when nobody drives their car, what better way to have a great fun than get a 200 mile an hour license in a place that you can't hit anything? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know. It's a crazy time, but yeah. So, how did you guys get started? You that was buy a bunch of microphones. Said, we just computer. Yeah. Start off we karaoke had, bar. We had these microphones country. and uh, yeah, the, <laughs> found the microphones. Karaoke night. Yeah. Karaoke <laughs> night. Yeah, we just couldn't sing. Yeah. Karaoke. <laughs> we get up there. We did a bunch of uh, covers of you know uh, just spoken word stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, nobody ever does that. Everybody yeah. goes for you know the staples. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, we um, it's just a group of us together. Uh, had fun talking to one another. Oh, cool. And Brad and I decided one time he had an idea for a TV show. Yeah, which he's starting to work on, as you can see okay. back on the screen, right. and it, it kind of melded perfectly because I said, "Your vision for what you want to do is exactly what I want to do," but because I look like this, I figured it was better to stay audio only. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we, uh, you got kids; they, they make suggestions like that. Don't listen. It's much safer that way. And um, we had just decided uh, it was a great mix if we combined the the TV show idea and the podcast. Yeah. This way, we had something no one else in the world has. Everybody else in the world, you watch a TV show, you have a season, it ends. There's nothing. This was something that would really bridge yeah. the gap between episodes and yeah. seasons and yeah. really give somebody just constant feeding, yeah. you know, a lot of content. And this kind of took off, be became kind of a monster all its own, yeah. which has been really fun. Yeah, because a lot of these, not, not to pick on, you know, the constituency, but a lot of these guys walk around. I, I do the Hall of Fame images for the Grand National, right? And every year I add a couple more asterisks, asterisks, <laughs> which means they're no longer the person no longer yeah, here, right, right? And like, uh, I came with a metal shaper guy by the name of Ed Scutchfield. He's, so you know the metal shaper zones only like maybe a dozen in the country that can really make a car, and the guy that is like the cornerstone of that used to work for Cal Metal, um, and. I, there's no recollection of anybody ever interviewing Red really? or talking to him, and yet he did Breedlove's bodies. He did, uh, you know, the the big Spirit of America car. He did the Manta Ray body. You know, now he did him to those folks' direction, but it's still right. that ability to shape metal and stuff. You know, and and some of those guys, you know, they're all down here in Southern California. So that's cool that you're doing that. So you you saving it di in a digital form, stuff like that. Yep. yep. Figured yeah. it's a great preservation. It's, we've got such a great mix too of like, I mean, really, and I hate to say older school guys, but like the guys from you know historical yeah. figures. Yeah. We've got modern builders. <laughs> Watch which one you point out when you say no, that. <laughs> that's what's why I just kind of that guess not historical. <laughs> yeah. 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 But no, and, and having having you know a guest like you on, where you're you're oh my god. 
you've been beyond inspirational to me. Well, that's nice of you to say that. Yeah. I, I mean that sincerely. There was a particular issue of Hot Rod Magazine from yeah. 1989 that it's all changed it's everything all I wanted to do. It's all Gray Baskerville's fault. <laughs> and, he, and he didn't pay attention. Anything he should have learned from you. See, that's... <laughs> Obviously, you see my crap. <laughs> my high school teacher said, you'll never make... I don't know how he said it. Never make any money drawing cars. I think those are exact words because they kind of stuck over the years. But, you know, this, this, whatever we do, you know, whether it's parts or, 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 or pieces of this process, you know, it's a lot bigger than it ever was. Oh, definitely. And it's, it's also more, uh, you know, it's, it's not uh, just artifact, artifact based. You know, there's intellectual capital. People have, you know, brand names and stuff like that. So, you know, it's good stuff. It's crazy. I mean, it has changed drastically. And we're, oh, yeah. I think we hit it the perfect time for what we wanted to do with this. Yeah. Where we have the ability to, to go back and kind of archive all the stuff. And we, I love when we get an email from someone who says, oh, my God, I'd never heard of that guy before. Yeah. But he's so influential oh, yeah. in the yeah. industry. To me, yeah. that's great. If you learn something, well, if you learn anything from this podcast, awesome. Yeah. Right. Uh, hell, there's times we've walked out at the end of the episode and oh, yeah. we've learned so much. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's absolutely Between the crazy. fabricators and the people. Um, in 07, we did an exhibit over here, like the 75th anniversary of the 3240. And what was amazing is when you were trying to track down those cars, or you're trying to track 75 cars down, the number of people's paths who crossed over other paths. So like, uh, was it Bud Burnett or Brian Burnett up in the Bay Area? And a couple other guys, they'd own like five or six of the cars and somebody knew somebody who knew somebody. Oh man. You know, it's it all sort awesome. of woven yeah. together. And when you go over this year to the 90th over there, you know, those cars, I mean, they represent, you know, literally you know you know well 90 years of model a but at least 70 years of hot rodding you yeah. know. 70 years of the show yeah that's yeah. man I mean, who would have thought amazing. man I'd, I'd grown up out east oh yeah so i'd moved to the bay area yeah i was up in san francisco san at the uh, cow palace cow palace yeah yes. that was crazy i mean i remember that going i, I so badly wanted to go to one in the coliseum yeah. and then you know that I had moved to the tent outside because yeah. they were in the process. And then the Cow Palace, the Cow Palace was a great show. Yeah. But it was so funny. I mean, and I never thought, like, at that show, I would have never imagined this. And I was like, oh, we'll have a booth no, the there and I'll be recording yeah. with, with two guys that, yeah. you know, I'll become friends with over the years. Yeah. Because yeah. you were what? You were what? 72 that year? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Watch it, man. <laughs> the, uh, um, at that show, um, was a, First time I saw any of Jackie Howerton's work. Oh, right on. So Jackie built, you know, Jackie and Steve Mole built the car that's over there for the MBR contender. And he had his first car, uh, which won here a couple of years ago, but yeah. it was in bare metal. It was right. like semi-finished. That's the one you know of. Yeah. And that was really when uh, there were a lot of people talking about sort of the, this heritage aspect of, so like that uh, five window 32 chips over there with those sort of cast appearing wheels you know that was a change in the aesthetic towards this sort of 50s indie car parts and stuff like that and the aesthetic and sort of uh moving away from the pure billet to a more a little bit more of a manufactured but an early speed equipment manufactured look right and you still see i mean pinky's car has that to it yep. you know yep. the Definitely. one he did for Poti yep. um, and and there's other cars in the building there's a little 36 over in the other building over there and you know you, this is a pretty good line here although you know um, doesn't necessarily have 50s cars in it but even the transition from chips early stuff down to the later things and what they're doing you know it's a constantly moving thing and sometimes that reflects uh, what society's sort of going through so now you see uh, Audis and Porsches with solid color paint, you know, right. it'll be like, it'll have an old feel to it, yeah. but you'll also see that in the off-road vehicles and, and uh, Toyota's doing it on some of their products and it gets back to this authenticity thing, you know, and um, so I, I think this place, even though, you know, there's a lot of 32 Fords, they're all done a different way and, you know, you reflect the time and the per individual that built them, you know. So, different things so what influences a guy like you I mean how did you you, you obviously you you re, basically reinvented the design language for an iconic brand yeah 
Well, you know, it, it worked, you, you know, and, and it, it worked, and, and I worked for GM and for Ford, and, you know, for at least a decade about on each of them. But you're usually trying to solve a problem that is in a continuum. So they're building a Seville or a whatever it is, and you're going to make the next one. And you got to kind of work with it with their brand, you know, vision and things like that. So like on the 05 Mustang, you know, you had about 8 million Mustangs before the 05. Right? So you kind of work with it and you interject some things that are more contemporary and you, you try to get something that's cohesive because you can also look around this place and see some incredible work but it looks like it's like two or three cars not just one car right that's... you know there and and then you'll see some little 32 two-door sedan or something and it just i mean just so hard and so clean yeah. you think the guy built it in one afternoon you know just because it's so focused yeah you know so, Sounds like most of my cars. It looks so, like they were built one after. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, that, that, there's a standard comment about a sketch, um, you know, in a design studio. Because you make thousands of sketches oh, yeah. before you make a car. And, you know, some of the sketches just have a more together feel. And other ones look like they're labored over. And they, you know, they sort of took forever. And halfway through, the person changed their mind and did another front end on a different car, you know. So that responsibility is a group of people working together. And then it's how well they get that thing right. So uh, like on the 05 Mustang, you know, Jay Mays was uh, in charge of the design organization. And, you know, he had the sort of overall vision to know that we needed to connect with what a Mustang was. But he thought there were other Mustangs that were better examples of what a Mustang was. So he kind of... We kind of focused at looking at those, and that came together pretty clean, and we executed fairly well. It was at a good, affordable price, which is what a Mustang needs to be, and it had a lot of appeal. You know, this is a country where you pull up in something and people look at it. You know, in New York, you pull up in a taxi and nobody pays any attention to it. You know, true. So um, those things come together, and they come together in a nice way. You know, with how that then affects hot rods. Uh, you know, hot rod's a broad spectrum. So if you get to the things that are around here, you can go anything from a new car to, you know, 90-year-old car. You know, you got the whole range. So I, I think, you know, the guys that are really good at it, sometimes they can't explain it. But they'll, you know, you know, you know people in your class, they'll just get some idea and they'll get it right. And oh, yeah. they may not be able to articulate it, but that you look at that sketch and go, shit, you know, that's it. Yeah. And, uh, and... And the really good working groups get a consistent way of doing that. You know, they just get a rhythm. It's like a band or something, you know. Oh, yeah, you get somebody but, in the group who has, who has yeah. a general idea. Yeah. They can't, you know, and I love being on that side of it where I get to I get to be the one who sketches it out. Yeah. And I love that feeling when it's like, that's exactly what I had in my yeah. mind. You're going, yeah. And there's other times you're like, really? I just that's had to get it out like of what you had in your I mind. Imagine yeah. what it's like to try to get that idea that you've been seeing in your mind, but just putting it to paper. You're like playing a bartender, basically. Yeah, I mean, you are like you become that. one part yeah. psychologist. It's like <laughs> yeah. you're trying well, to figure like somebody out and going, you like this and this. It's like, how do I put apples and oranges? Yeah. And, yeah, right. And there's times when it doesn't come to you right, but you can't just sit down at the table and go, this is what I'm going to do. You sit there and you, you draw things and you walk away. We've been over this talk too. Many times. There's days you can't turn that faucet on. It's like, here's the perfect yeah. idea. It's like weeks before you hit that perfect oh, yeah. idea. And yeah. you got to play it off sometimes like, oh, I can do this in my sleep. Yeah. And nobody sees the, the patches of hair you tore out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and the shops work that way too. When we did Cadzilla, you know, Boyd's shop was just like, you know, they, they were completing each other's sentences. You know, they, they were really well from front team. to back. They were, you know, and, and I thought, I mean, I'd never worked with a shop that capable. So, you know, I did this, I did the sketch. I'd sent it to um, Jack and, and uh, Chisnall and Billy, you know, and uh, they said, yeah, that's it. That's right, you know. And, um, but then to take that into a shop, and then, and then have to go find a car and, and all that other stuff. And we would go out. We'd, I'd fly out of Detroit, get to L.A. Saturday afternoon. And then we'd work Saturday till late, go to some 
bar in some hole in the wall place that Billy found. And then we'd, we'd get up the next morning and go back down the shop, uh, Craig and I, and I mostly worked with Craig Neff because he was a metal shaper, right? And you know, you can, you can draw all you want, but a drawing's a two-dimensional thing. And when you go to bend it over a three-dimensional surface, it sometimes works great and sometimes it only works yeah. great. But uh, we did it about every three weeks for about six months. Oh. And, and yeah, there were times you showed up and thought, oh, they, okay, we backed up. We went the wrong way. Then you'd shuffle some sheet metal around. And, and, but Craig was super about, like, he'd send photographs. And that was when the fax machines were first, you know, this was the end of the days. <laughs> no one no had even invented the Internet. <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. Um, but, it uh, so, so I'd draw with that stuff and then send it back to him. And, and, but, you know, one of the problems around, especially with this stuff, with what we're doing, you know, everybody says, well, you know, it's Boyd shop, you know, Boyd's, you know, no, it's everybody in Boyd shop, you know, That's... and, and so you can send a drawing, but the shaper and the fabricator and everybody else, and I, I remember there, they had an interior guy, uh, Danny Drum out of Central California, I don't, I don't know if he's still there, but uh, I'd done some drawings of the interior, didn't really like any of them or something, so... I was standing there talking to Danny. I said, what I want to look like is this. And I just talked my way through it. And uh, like a week later, he sent me a picture of the seat and it was like dead on, you know. And that interior came out so nice. Yeah. And and it, there's no way that, you know, we could have gone to a different interior person. They may have done a good job, but that was specifically the job that Danny did, you know. And the painters and everybody. Billy called me up one time. He goes, he goes, they're painting it. The, the, he goes, I got a bill for painting a transmission for X amount of dollars, you know, and it wasn't little, you know, quite had a big shop. And he goes, do we really do we really need to paint the transmission? And I said, well, that's the way they go, you know, and he wasn't being negative about it. No, he was just, just he'd, he'd experience. not, you know, bend down into it that much. And he said, OK, you know, he's cool with it. And uh, but, yeah, that that's the way. You know, th that whole shop, pillar to post, was like that, you know. That's and, awesome. Uh, when you can connect with yeah. people like that. Yeah. yeah, and that's the fun of building the cars, you know. the uh, I mean, the, all these people know something, and sometimes it's, you know, it's something very basic but, but critical. You know, it's wiring harness or something like that, you know, which nowadays is not basic. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so that, that was, you know, and, and you've seen that in, you know, whether it's an art class or, you know, whatever it is, it's it's that idea that you, uh, you know, it, it takes some observation. Sometimes a person that makes a difference is the one that goes, well, you forgot that, you <laughs> yeah. know, and yeah. you go, well, thank you. Yeah. You know, I always wondered about the evolution of that car. How did it all start out? Who decided I want to build uh, the late 40s question. Cadillac? You know? <laughs> well, actually... Yeah. My understanding, and I don't have all the story, I think Jack Chisnell's probably got as much, uh, but Billy had a car under construction. And, you know, a lot of times you just walk in and, and, and it doesn't feel like, and sometimes the car gets held up for reasons, yeah. you know, those shops are usually managing multiple projects. Right. And so Jack had, Jack had been putting some, doing some air conditioning work on Billy's other cars because Jack's from San Antonio and Bill's from, Billy's from Houston, Houston, you know, and Jack's like the standard bearer. And I think he helped him with the eliminator. Yeah. And so Jack, I ran into Jack at the nationals. I'd done some sketches for some guys, commercial booth and Jack saw him. And I think Jack first talked to me because I was working in Cadillac Studios and he okay. thought, okay, I can get some money for this. <laughs> I can get a car. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you a funny part about the part we did get. But uh, Jack uh, had taught, he had a lot of conversation with Billy and, and I think Billy knew the, f without a doubt, knew the feel he wanted and he knew he knew he wanted a Cadillac. Mm -hmm. And then there's also who Billy is. You know, sometimes when you build a car for a person to be quite brutal, they, they either don't project a personality or they want the thing going on. And yeah. that's not a path to anything great. You know, when the person is a character, yeah. you know, in a good way, yeah. um, you know, that, that's great. So Billy had all this music and he had yeah. like a vibe and a sound. Oh, you he's know, got his own thing. He's, he's yeah. his own brand. So, so Jack's, and I'd been communicating back and forth with Jack because Billy was either on tour or something like that. And uh, so Jack and I met, 
we talked ended up talking about 40 ford hood pieces the trim piece whether you leave it in or take it out <laughs> and back and forth you hint you know you know all this, you know you can get microscopic about some flange with some guy and it's yeah. like their whole life jack's a little like that and uh, so jack goes jack goes uh he called me up he goes hey you know billy's thinking of doing this cadillac he goes uh if you were going to do a Cadillac, which one would you do? And my dad had a 53 convertible. And I never liked a 53 no. convertible. It had like two sets of fenders on it. You know, yeah. it was a hood form and it, yeah. went, and it, it was be, just kind of bubbly. Yeah, and it, it was like kind of obese, you know, and all yeah. this other stuff. And I said, well, you know, I'd, I'd do that. I'd start with the best one. And the cleanest one was the seed net, you know, the one that first one with the tail fins, yeah. had the fast back, you know. Then I thought, you know, why not? And on a lot of that stuff, if you look at what are the original theme sketches, and that goes for every car ever done by a car company, you can see the distilled sort of essence of it. Mm -hmm. And so I had a, uh, I had a good friend, uh, passed away, a guy by the name of Dave Holes, the design director at GM. And he had all this uh, uh, Bill, Mi Bill Mitchell era stuff, you know. And yeah. that's when they were drawing those awesome. cars. And they were awesome all, era. let's put it this way, they were all chopped. They just yeah. wouldn't fit. Chopped and low. Humans with hats on them in them, you know, <laughs> so they changed them. Yeah. So so I took a, uh, so I just redrew the 50, uh, the 49, 48, 49, you know, same car, different motor. Yeah. And um, and then you, you do the things like pulling the roof down and making it slick yeah. and yeah. and all the other stuff and bigger wheels and tires and lowered you know it's like a tight like cosmetic up. surgery for an automobile right. you know and um, and I sent him one sketch and and it was honestly one sketch and and Billy you know you can lead a horse to water no. Uh, <laughs> Billy just said, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And he stayed the course, yeah. which is really hard because you get a lot of help along the way. Somebody right. goes, why don't you just, in fact, Billy has the same for me. He goes, so just give you a little help here. you know. And he stayed the course. For a while, it had different drivetrains in it. Okay. So, uh, and, and, you know, the usual thing is just go get a big block Chevy and, a, you know, at that time, a 700R. Yeah. But we got to talking about it and we got talking about what would this person be like that would have this thing. You know, and he'd want the biggest thing you can get. And one of the biggest motors ever made is a 500 inch cattle. You know, Perfect. and, uh, um, you know, so, so a lot of the pieces to it fell in place as we went along yeah. and the character sort of, you know, started to mature. It was a little more competition minded in the beginning. You know, Jack ran his, Jack's a Bonneville fan and yeah. he ran that Studebaker and I like Bonneville um, you know I did the posters for a few years and stuff you know so it kind of it kind of matured but really if if it wasn't for the personality of Billy in the middle of that it would not be what it is yeah. and it just looks so you know it looks so singular and and Craig you know the metal work and the transition of the metal work because he cut up just about everything the doors stayed a little close to stock, but everything else got cut in different ways. And, and also he was willing to move and change stuff. A lot of times you'll get into a situation and a person builds something. It's like, well, I'm not going back, you know. And, and between the every three weeks and everything, you know, uh, Craig was just outstanding at, at uh, saying, okay, what do we got to do? Yeah. You know. And uh, so it, it came together really tight and, uh, and it felt really cohesive you know god the car's just got an iconic shape i mean when people talk about the most cust most popular customs or best customs here hero automark cadzilla those two yeah they are always on every list and and, and that hero automark the way it kind of comes oh, out you know beautiful. not that anything is specifically a tail dragger whether it's cadzilla yeah. or anything but it's sort of like that sort of like that cartoon like almost feel to it you yeah know? it's like like jumping oh, out oh. feels Amazing. I have a question about the car, and we yeah. talked about this here a while back. And uh, and since I have you here, it's like this is actually cool. I can, I can actually yeah. ask the guy that designed yeah. the car um, because you took a custom and you added a little bit of a hot rod flare to the thing. What inspired the moon gas tank? Yeah, I was gonna ask. <laughs> Seriously, well, that, that sounds like a Billy Tim. I got more. Ask, ask I, as a fan, right? I got yeah, more. See? Yeah, I got I, more. Uh, <laughs> you know, originally, originally the the more Bonneville inspired. The, the moon tank, 
But once we uh, we put a 55 Chevy front bumper on it, okay, and it almost fit exactly. I don't even know if they had to trim the length. But we wanted to do the Dagmars, and actually built the Dagmars by slicing up a bunch of pieces and everything. And then it was like everything was getting a little too cute and a little too perfect, you know? And, and hot rodding is about hot rods, customs, and then there's this sort of, you know, irreverence in the middle that's Von Dutch, it's, it's Ed Roth, it's all this other stuff. Poking fun at both yeah. sides. Yeah. And, and Dave, so, so I did that, I did the drawings for that in the Cadillac studio behind these walls that if you knew your way around the studio and I was working in there at the time you could put it on the back of a working surface there were these movable boards so I had it down one night working on it and the director of design which was Dave Holes who had done the 59 Cadillac you know the giant fence oh, that was Dave's car one of my favorite shoe. cars Dave, Dave, yeah, absolutely. Dave is every bit of that car was every bit of that oh. car he's big and wild he had a 49 Ford as a kid he's just like he was intense you know <laughs> and Dave walks in and he goes what's that and I'm thinking oh now. Oh. I'm in trouble now. <laughs> you got to bleep that part. Out. I'm in trouble now. <laughs> Career ender. And, uh, and I'm in trouble now. And uh, and he goes, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Ah, oh, buddy, of mine wants to cut up a Cadillac in California." And he's, "Oh, that's great," because I had it almost all taped out, and laid out, and you tape them full size. And uh, so I was wrestling with having to put flat glass in it. And, and then Dave started talking about the back, but he gave me a lot of stick about that tank. He goes, God, it looks so crude. He says, everything else looks so beautifully done and all that other stuff. And then they did a beer commercial with it. I, I don't know which one was Bud or something back in the day. or might, might not even been beer, but it was on television, basically. And he said, I saw it on television. He goes, now I understand the tank. And to this day, I never know what he meant. It's a now, keg. It's, just, a little, it's a little pony keg. keg. It's a little pony yeah. keg in the front of the car. It's just a moon tank, you know, like, and moon tanks are like, you know, they're the holy grail. Well, it's funny because when we had talked about that, I, I decided I was like, I got to go online. So I'm looking at a bunch of old Craig pictures when he yeah. was building the car. So looking at all the stuff at Boyd's, and I'm blowing up the picture on the wall. You had the full-size drawing of this. Yeah. And I'm blowing up the stuff that was added on. It's like, is this something cut out? They threw on there to see if it was going to work. Going, I don't get the moon. It's cool because you brought in like a little bit of hot rod into the custom world. It was very unique. I got to give yeah. you that much because yeah. it was I, I, you know, If you unique. had it to do over again and you did a different group of people i mean same group of people and just slightly change the dialogue it might not have happened that same way right but you know sometimes the best things about something are the things that sort of don't fit or are are different you know i i i think this idea that you perfect something you can also take the personality out of it too yep. well if you it's took that off it wouldn't yeah. be the same car anymore say, yeah. try so to imagine that car without it, it and, wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't work that's what made the car yeah. the car it was its own like little deal robert de niro minus the mole yeah. <laughs> and, and the uh, <laughs> better <laughs> the, uh, yeah figure that one out yeah, right? the uh <laughs> what was interesting is that 500 inch so they'd been out of production and so uh harry hibbler said, well, I got a guy at Cadillac, you know, he knows the Cadillac engineering guys. Uh, and I had asked and got no answer. And Harry called him and they said, we'll find you one. And so okay. I get this call to go down to, uh, to uh, what the hell is it? Go down to Cadillac engineering plant and look at this motor. And I go down there and there's this piece of junk laying on a crate, you know, and they got it banded up and everything. And, uh, and I looked at it and I thought, well, if that's, you know what you're gonna send you know yeah. i think they air freighted it to california <laughs> oh. art, art chrisman told me years years later art chrisman said you could have walked to any junkyard in southern california and bought a better motor for 500 bucks <laughs> he said every piston was was gone the crank was shot most of the rods were worthless he goes i saved the block but but and, and belly gave me a little bit of stick about that but i said it had been the mule motor for the presidential limousine in oh. 1976 or something yeah. like that. Oh, really? So they, yeah. So it was like that, so, see, that's so cool had, history. It's close. It's close to uh, as uh, provenance as hot rodding. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, cool that history right there. But uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a real 500, and it'll go. It'll, I drove it from uh, here down to Boyd's shop one year on a freeway, uh, and uh, it'll go. 
I I ride and drive. Uh, you can't see the road for about a quarter of a mile in front of you. <laughs> but you look cool. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a car guy right there. <laughs> Can you see anything? No, but I look good. We were, we were in front of, uh, we were in front of uh, Autorama the year they brought that into bikes. And we're out there taking the usual BS press shots, you know, just standing out in front, freezing cold. This guy pulls up in a Falcon, like a 64 four-door. And a 64 Falcon in Detroit in you know 2000 or whatever 96 or whatever that was like you never saw an old car in winter this guy pulls up in this falcon and i said i said you're out in this weather he goes it's the only car i got and so we started talking he was a young guy we started talking and a truck driver that was hauling the cadillac said uh can you take it around the other side of the building and i said yeah you know i know my way around the building but take it on the dock and he's standing there looking at it and i said hey you want to go for a ride and he goes yeah so he gets in the passenger seat. And now this is lunchtime in 30-degree weather in the middle of winter in Detroit. So we pull out on the street, and as the road rises up, there's a there's a commercial building with some restaurants in it and a staircase. And down the staircase come these two girls. So I roll down the passenger window, and they walk down, and they kind of look at this thing like, and I said, hey, you guys want to go for a ride? And the one looks at us and goes, no. <laughs> like, are you crazy? <laughs> You'll regret yeah, this. That, that car's got kind of a life of its own. Oh, man. I know. saw it. I saw it about, what, a year ago. It was down at, it was down at Mix getting getting touched up. Some of the paintwork was getting redone at Mick yeah. Jenkins. Yeah, they took and it to Goodwood. And, and I was doing something, and I, wa- I was doing some pinstriping down there, and I walked in the door. I might have been when I was working on, on Bob Florine's wagon. I might have been working on it. I think it was probably around the time, yeah. And, uh, and I walk in, and I was like, hey, oh. it's Cadzilla. Yeah. <laughs> And back, if you go back a bunch of years, back to the 90s when, when Boyd did that car, they made two sets of those wheels. Yeah. And um, I, and I was I was doing work with, with Bob Bowder. I don't know if you knew. If you What's knew that? Bob Bowder. Did you know yeah, Bob? Yeah, Bowder. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was oh, doing yeah. some work for Bob, and he goes, dude, I know where the other set of those wheels are, and you can go get those wheels for, and it was like nothing. You know, yeah. and I, but I was like, I had nothing I could really put them on that would work. you know. And I kind of regret to this day, because I could have got the other set of wheels for nothing, you know, for yeah. all four of them. They're just sitting in... Yeah, we ran a bead over the sidewall, which, you know, nowadays you could get the right size tire. Back then, you know, there was like no tires, you know, not the kind of choices you have now. But, yeah, all kinds of funky things have happened with that thing. You know, it's it's been a good, and it's a great group of people around them. You know, Bowder and Bowder and even Mick, you know, who painted it on on a return. And even the guys that hauled it, everybody was really cool. Yeah. So it was good. It was a lucky experience. I don't think you could have set up that kind of situation because uh, it's difficult. These cars are expensive, take a lot of time, and you get a lot of stress out of them sometimes. Oh, yeah. But that car got driven. That's what's cool about that car. Oh, yeah. They drove across country and and a few other places. I've driven it in a few places. But, uh, you know... um, it's just good it got done. It's it, it it's good, Billy's, you know, because it's not just, you know, and this goes to the ownership thing. It's not just a car that gets built. It's what happens to it once it's built. You know? So, well, right after that car, you kind of built your own personal project, which really influenced a lot of us too. You did the twenty eight Chevrolet. Well, is is a thirty two, but we cut it up so much it could have been anything by the time we okay. got that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one was a really really cool car. And whatever happened to that car? Uh, well, Wes has it. You just walking by. Oh, really? So yeah, um, I'm a five figure guy, and that's a six figure car. So <laughs> Wes is a seven figure guy. <laughs> But that was such a cool car because nobody at the time, everybody was building Fords. And you built a Chevrolet, and it's like, wow, this thing is cool looking. Yeah, you know, I, it had such a unique look to it. It was a look all of its own. Yeah, it had us up. When I was doing, I, I, I did a few Bonneville posters, and Dean Moon called me one time. And, like, Moon's like the Holy Grail, mm-hmm. you know? Moon's like like serious stuff. You know, Fred Larson worked there. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah. And so he calls me up, and he goes, you know, I want to get could I get the original artwork for some of these posters? And I said, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, and he says, what about doing some pictures and stuff? And I said, I'd really like a pot vin blower. Cause I always love the way that thing just kind of yeah. hung out there, yeah. you know? And so, um, I started, uh, and 
And I was drawing people's cars and stuff like this. And I, I, I like this idea of sort of I'll work on your car, you work on my car. That's fair. You know, it's a lot more fun. Yeah. If you can afford to do that, you know. And Boyd and I pretty much always worked that way. We never, we never exchanged, you know, it was never employee, yeah, it was employer. Equity. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And so uh, Boyd built the chassis pieces up and a, uh, Larry Sergejev, who was yes. another guy yep. that was in their guy. shop. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know. Um, the, the Swedish contention, you know, yeah, they had they and, had a, uh, yeah, a bunch mafia. of Swedes down there, yeah, yeah Swedish mafia. <laughs> and uh, and him and, Lar and, and Lars and um, and so they built up the chassis, um, and, you know, and it's like a connection of who's who. Uh, Dan Webb, who's uh, over in yep. you know, Dan, Webb. We uh, saw him Dan helped Thursday. me set up the first you know, sort of mount the body, get it into structure, stuff like that, and then. Um, uh, John West, who's uh, used to have Dan Fink's place down in Huntington Beach, he finished it off out here. In fact, we took it to the Grand National when it was in San Mateo. Right on. Yeah, and just came talking about in that second. show. No. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I, I called one of these uh, uh, detailers because somebody goes, "Oh, you got to get a detail before you take it up there," and uh, real nice guy, well known. And I said, "What's it going to take to get that thing there?" And uh, you know, just clean it up because the paint was really nice and everything. He goes, oh, probably about 15. And I said, 1,500? He goes, no, 15,000. <laughs> and I went, okay, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so, oh. uh, but it was, uh, doing it was a lot of fun. It ended up on Hot Rod. That was but a great, great no, looking car. It was, it was all those, you know, everybody's so fixated sometimes on the next thing that they forget the value of the sort of continuum of what you had behind you, yeah, you know, and uh, I just like those old track nose cars. Oh, such a good looking car. And uh, and to me, a hot rodder is always about work with what you have. Yeah. And I had that Chevy body, you know, yeah. which was uh, which was metal, and uh, we clay modeled the front end of that thing in our garage. Uh, a guy named Steve Worrell, and um, we uh, Craig rolled the panels, you know, so it was cool. It was cool. Hot Rod Magazine at that time, every month, there would always be like a little bit of, you know, here's what Larry's working on. There'd be some cool little shots. Yeah, and it great, would make you great. just die for the next issue that would come out. Gray see was what my else thing. Was yeah, he was so good oh, yeah. about that. Yeah, Gray, Gray was big into finding people and then and then just kind of staying with them in a yeah, good way. Yeah, it, you know? oh, it was so much fun. It would, you, would look, you would look and, forward and, to the know, next issue. Yeah. What's going on with this particular car that I was just in love yeah. with in the last issue? It was great. And, and that's how I met Bowder. In fact, uh, we did the motorcycles, the two. The two uh, I uh, painted the license plates to make it look like oh, license did? plates on those motorcycles. All right. I, cool. and that's, that's one of my prouder moments. Bob yeah. calls him and he goes, Hey, I need you to do these license plates for. Because for, I, I live Hogs up in the high Zillas. desert. He was yeah. up in the mountains. So oh, we're, yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah. like 25 minutes apart. And I did a bunch of stuff with Bob over the years. And uh, he goes, I, I'm going to bring in the aluminum, just make it look like license plates. Yeah. And it's got to say hog one or hog two or whatever it was. Yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. And I went, and he goes, it's got to have stickers on it. I went, but what's the color for stickers next year? You know, yeah. nobody yeah, knew what know? they were. So there's Brad. I start going through license plates and I'm looking at colors and it's like this and this and this and it's like, because there's a rhythm. This should be the color for this year. Yeah. I'm yeah. winging this because they're not yeah. out yet. So I paint it all up. I think it's going to be blue. So I paint blue stickers yeah. on this thing. The stickers come out, they're blue. And it's like, yes, I actually got it right. <laughs> well, Bob was a pretty pretty tough guy. Yeah. And the I'd... first time I went up there was with Jack and a buddy of mine. I think Tammy was along. And we were. I was going to mock up the body because we had a set of drawings. Right. And I'd actually sent a full-size drawing down to the studio when Billy was, they were in Memphis or something. And, I, and, uh, and, and then it went cold. And then I, I actually got a Arlen S frame and started uh, a bike, the okay. same design, only on a stretch nine inch over. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jesse James has it now. He got it from Boyd. Um, and it's, and, but then when, when they came together with Harley and had the bikes and it was like, okay, got to get this done. So here I show up at Bowders, never met him before. I know Pete, you know, right. but Pete's, Pete was easy. You know, yeah. everybody liked Pete, yeah. you know, and, and I walk in and Bowders got the posse there. He's got Steve Davis and a bunch of other guys. They're all standing around doing that Southern California yep. thing. And you walk in looking great, looking intimidating. Sitting in his, sitting in his barber you know, chair. In a barber chair, yep. Yeah, you could have brought, 
you could have you could have brought you know the, the the cure for penicillin and they still would have been looking at you like, you know the penicillin cure I should say. anyway um but so i walked in there and i've got these big sheets of paper you know it, foam yeah. cores like a you know with foam cores, yeah, right. sandwich paper and so i was going to mock it up on a bare bike and i'd given pete the instruct the, the instructions you know take the body pieces off it drop it down get it at the right attitude and uh and I got there, and these guys are like, well, what's he going to do? Because, you know, they're the guys that they built stuff without any kind of right. drawing. And uh, and over the next six hours, I cut, and, and like, I'm hustling. Because I thought, if this comes out looking ugly, these guys are never going to listen to me <laughs> yeah, ever right. again. And it actually came out really good. No, it's good. that Leary so, guy. Yeah. 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 He can draw, but he can't do anything other than that. <laughs> Go make some coffee, kid. <laughs> yeah. So... Anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. I just also want to say thank you for uh, saving Cadillac. Oh, saving Cadillac. Well, there's been a lot of people saving Cadillac. Well, so, you know, you um, kind of were the guy. I quit saving them in 94, I but think. That was that transitional period up. when they went yeah. from yeah. what? Well, we, we were really, you know, yeah. we I think we did two good cars. Those this 92 Seville and the yeah. Eldorado. Yeah, great looking Came cars. Came out, it kind of. You know, it changed, it changed the direction of where that brand going. was going. Yeah, and and you know those car companies do that on a regular, yeah. hopefully yeah. regular schedule. But yeah, there's you know, um, you just hope you and add were, something. And there was a period right around that time, maybe it was like towards the early 2000s, when Cadillac was just putting out some beautiful concept cars. There was there was oh, a, they had a great um, oh. run in there, um, and I'm. Um, and it was sort of that real mechanical, yeah, real heavy, or awesome I mean, heavy, looking. Lots of, um, and, and the name will come to me right nice after I get out edges. that door. You know, nice yeah. crisp. Everything but, was just um, crisp. Yeah, and a lot of those guys, uh, uh, some of those guys are still there. Um, and Simon Cox. Simon Cox was one guy out of, of Europe. And then here uh, was, um, oh, he's down at, Hun he's at, down at Hyundai now. Uh, Tom, uh, it'll come to me. But um, they they had a big group of people and they they really hit another stride. Yeah. And then and then lately, you know, especially like with the Escalade and some of that stuff, they've been going strong. So yeah. you know, it it goes in waves. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They got a great great. They had a great uh, great design. Yeah. I really like what they did. I remember when Tom uh, Kearns. That's it. So Tom yeah. was in there too. I so. think there was an. I can't remember what. I think it was maybe Motor Trend. Early, they had a picture on the front cover, the new shape of Cadillac, and I think it was a really, uh, I think it was their Eldorado body style, and it was just it had a picture of the front, but it looked like maybe an artist concept of it, but it was like, wow! I mean, yeah. even as a young guy that with never afford a Cadillac, I was a kid in the Air Force at the time. It's like, I want one of those, yeah. you know. It's well, just, it just, it was just. It's a emotional process. It, yeah, exactly, and, and, and that I, will never change. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what's so great about it. I just. I, I'll bet you there are so many concepts and designs and and drawings that if it ever came out to the public, people would just freak out because there's so much great work that was never seen. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the things that go and sort of go into uh, sort of moderating what you can do is is important things like reliability and durability. You know. Yeah, those are pretty um, key elements. Your 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 phone <laughs> kind of stuck with those. Your six hundred dollar phone can die after three <laughs> yeah. years, and you go, oh well, it's only a six hundred dollar right. phone. But your, you know, your your if your car dies, yeah, your your you know, it's not a good thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> a great way to put it. It's not <laughs> okay. Do you ever think we'd say six hundred dollar phone? Uh, uh, no. 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 I mean, I can't imagine life without. And that's not even an expensive one. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's right. like that's all. You that's get like the one that gets like two apps. Phone. Yeah, none of them anyone's ever heard of. You have to yeah. pay for your usage. Yeah. <laughs> no, so uh, so yeah, along the uh, the wacky uh, things that happen with cars, uh, uh, Billy was always. Uh, into bringing artists down and other creative people he'd bring them in on the weekends with it so one time he brought a, uh, I think it was a plastics artist or something like that and the and the guy agreed to do the taillights which were these molded things long, like, yeah, big, big, long, big tall ones yeah yeah and uh, and we got down the deadline and he hadn't finished them and Boyd was being Boyd on the phone and uh, so the guy freaked out 
and he buries one in the backyard of his house. What? <laughs> or somebody else's house. I don't know what. And he sent Billy a ransom note, you know, basically. And I'm sure it wasn't worded like that. But it basically said, you know, said, unless somebody comes up with the money, you know, you ain't seeing the other one. Awesome. <laughs> so he sends Very it to me. Delight. He sends it to me and he goes, what do you think we ought to do? And I said, uh, oh, somebody, surely somebody in this town can. Man, the guy wanted 10 grand. Wow. You know, which in 1989 money was a fair amount, you know. Yeah. And so I said, surely, you know, somebody can do it for less. So I took the one he sent me. I took it to a very good friend who worked at a prototype shop. And I got a quote back a day and a half later of 9600 bucks. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> came in under budget. <laughs> and I called Boyd up. I called Boyd up. And he goes, he goes shit, nobody's going to see the difference between that and something else. He goes, come up with another idea. And he hung up the phone. So I went and bought this stuff we used in the concept cars, which was like plastic sheets. and But, you know, it's got... So we stuck them on for just the photographs, and I thought later on we'll get the rest of the taillight. And they're still on the car today. Wow. You know, and that other Dang it, I was there. I would have looked at the taillights. <laughs> and now, now, and that, other, that other taillight is still in that guy's backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the house gets sold three or four times. But he's he was probably convinced he was going to get his ten Sweet. grand too. Yeah. Dog he comes just, through the house with it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Imagine somebody digging up, you know, doing some landscaping work. Like, what, what is that? Don't have that trash. And, ba- and I think Baskerville's favorite part was the fact that they cut up such a nice uh, seed net to start with. I mean, that thing it drove in and purred when it came wow. in. Wow, oh, it was man, a driver. I, I didn't. It was know like that. a really nice car, like twenty thousand mile car. Or something. Oh wow. So. Wow. But see, that's cool. We're going to do it. Do it right. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go, go large. Not a yeah, rust bucket. As long as there's one stock one in the world, that's enough. That's it, <laughs> that's man. Enough. I always just wondered, like, an alternate dimension where, like, what if, what if Billy Gibbons had gone on and played, like, the Theremin or something <laughs> like that, you know? Would it, would it have been the same car? <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think, you know, when you build up a persona like that and, you know, shoot, a lot of people around here have it, too, you know? Yeah. They just carry it on. I just love these guys walking around and gals too. They got this look, yeah. and you know they've got it down to the thread count, man. They just they just are working it, you know. Yeah. And that's who they are. And it may be only on this day, and the rest of the year is different. But you know, I, I think it's great. I think you know you get here and the music and the paint is still drying. You, know? <laughs> you still the smell gassing off. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a it's a magical <laughs> place, man. Yeah. I just wondered about that. I mean, at 46 years old, I've yet to figure out what the hell my style is. I've never figured that out. But you get these guys like they like went to they had to have gone to a stylist or something. You go, how do you get that perfect look for your personality and everything? I'm going, man, I just I chose like bland guy number seven. I was like, that works for me. Done. No options. <laughs> bland dad. Number bland, seven. Bland dad. Yeah. Bland dad. Bland dad. That's one Shit. word. Bland dad. <laughs> Done. Extra frumpy. <laughs> I never money for extra. I just wanted Give me some of that extra frumpy. <laughs> you can barely afford the frumpy you got. Oh, yeah. Damn, this is going to run me. Oh, God. The, the frumpy women will be coming. Oh, yeah. They'll be lining up. Right. Uh, hold on to your macrame, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> That's the third time this weekend. Holy crap! We mentioned macrame. macrame. We're like everybody had the macrame plan hanger. See, Larry, you got to hang out more often. We're talking macrame <laughs> some, now. There's some man. crazy looking plant that had that one vine that hung yeah. away. <laughs> when did it die? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why. The one no. is still going. <laughs> That's a good style from like the, the phone call. The rest of it looks like a compost ball, but it's got one live one that's coming off of it. <laughs> oh my god we're gonna go back and rewatch the video as soon as we said macrame Larry's like macrame oh, you speak my language somebody else is into it huh? I saw a bumper sticker in Portland it's it's like the weavers club it said if weaving was a sport you could bounce a quarter off my ass <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, it is just such a weird twist, oh, of, awesome. twist of logic, you know. You're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's that it's that uh, intensity to be who you are. That's yeah. awesome. Right. Oh my god. You go by honking and giving the thumbs yeah. up going, your bumper sticker just so when I lie. When I see you again in like seventeen years, I'll go, You're the macrame dude. Macrame <laughs> guy. Yeah. Be macrame guy. Blended. <laughs> They're going to change my name le- legally now to Frump Macrame would be awesome. Start making macrame vests that people can wear. <laughs> May not be the most comfortable thing on a hot day. Yeah, oh, man, does it look good. With a really long string on one side just kind of hanging looking out. Ma- washer-looking medallion things that always went between them. You know, well, it's how they connected the great, like, All the Bonneville guys, maybe if your car doesn't make the 200-mile-per-hour club, we need to have like like a 78-mile-an-hour club so many cars blows up at like the 3-mile mark. They can wear a macrame vest. We can have one of those medallions. It's a red hat or the macrame vest. Which is it going to be? <laughs> the earth tone hat. <laughs> With the brown hat. Okay. Oh, because you blew up earlier, you're going to have to wear black for the rest of the weekend. Sorry, yeah. bud. Yeah. Might be a little hot on you. Grieving for your short block. <laughs> 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 oh, thank shit. you, sir. Yeah, thank you, you so much. Thanks, it's very fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, man. I know that you really right, like put all this stuff. Oh, thanks, oh. man. Yeah, you you've been very very accommodating. You know, knowing you're a busy guy, you were very patient with to, us this we weekend. We need to get a picture. You're so gonna go look at more cars. Hey, yeah. don't go. We got to get a picture. Gotta get you got to sign the yeah, table. You have to sign. Have to sign the table. Where would you like to sign? Your color we have silver and black. We have black and silver. Anywhere. You missed Jeff Allison. Yeah, I saw him standing. I no, talked to you him missed Jeff time. Allison right here. He, he kneeled he down low and did a selfie with us behind him. <laughs> That's not so yeah. like selfie. That's I tell you, last night when we were standing out there and Doug Jarger was in his coupe. Yeah. And we mentioned, he talked about, we went out for dinner later on. He oh, yeah. mentioned your name again. You were a huge influence on him. Huge. He his, mentioned his cars. Name. You know, you can take him, P.D. Swood, Reed. Yep. Probably Dave Morris. Yeah, Dave Lane and definitely uh, Jake. And and those guys know how to set a car. Those are guys who go, build me a car. I'm not going to tell you anything of what color I want, what wheels I want. I know I'm going to like it. Yeah. Just I'll pick it up yeah. when it's done. Yeah. 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 Dave Lane. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, we, we had Dave Lane on our podcast last week. Oh, you did? Yeah. All right. Are we going to get a quick picture with you? Sure. Somebody say macrame. 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 <laughs> <laughs> macrame.